Welcome to the My Why Podcast, where educational storytellers Jesse Mann and Kristen Travers discuss identity-defining moments with special guests. Inspiration ensues. We are back. Thanks for joining us. Yes, we're still here. So grab a coffee, get comfy, get that warm-up started on the treadmill, take a deep breath on that drive, whatever you're doing, we're just glad that you're here. So we want to start with a few quotes today from our guest and let you sit with them for a second. It's up to you. The struggle leads to the strength that leads to the success. And you always have the ability to choose. So we started the My Why and the Identity Project podcast because we love to tell amazing stories and we love to listen to them. So COVID did put a little bit of a woe on us having those sit downs with special guests, but today we are back for a special Saturday. Any chance that we get to skip the small talk and ask tough, real questions to tough people, Kristen and I will take it. You guys know that. So forgive the Zoom audio today and get ready because we are having a bit of a full circle moment today as one of Canada's most powerful women is back to chat. She's also a top 40 under 40 award winner and a total and complete advocate for strengthening community in every sense of the word. She has been hustling her ass even double time. I mean, she hustled her ass before COVID, but what she has done since is remarkable. And we want to give you guys the opportunity to hear a little bit more about what Jess Tatu has been up to. And she has become someone that we are overwhelmingly proud to call a mentor, a supporter, and a friend. She was just part of an event with the Jillian Harris, Sarah Landry, who you know is the Birds Papaya, Dr. Jody Carrington, country music star Aaron Prochette. Okay, COVID is not keeping this woman down. If you know nothing about Jess Tatu though, and you're just hearing about her for the first time, we encourage you to go back to that first ever cast and listen to that first to hear her personal story of her family struggles with addiction, poverty, and at one point even homelessness. And then come back here and join us for this cast because you've got to hear more about her personal story. If you know who Jess is though, you just want me to quit talking and us to start asking questions. So Jess, welcome to another podcast, the My Why team. How are you doing? Hi guys. I'm so excited to be back. I, it, I don't even know what universe I'm living in right now, <laughs> but this is absolute craziness, I think for everybody. Um, and so I know you ladies and uh, myself have been talking about getting back on the podcast for a while. So I'm so happy that we finally found some time to do so thrilled to be here. So proud of you guys for, you know, keeping going and thank you for all of those kind words. You're just the sweetest two ladies in my world. Oh, well, I really do appreciate it. You just shared something on your social media and you opened up to the people who follow you and the, and the friends and, and people who are always looking to you for inspiration. And I know the feedback was really great. So share with us a little bit about what that post was about. Sure. So, I mean, I've always tried to be pretty honest and pretty genuine and authentic with, you know, what I share and, you know, as much as I want to inspire everyone that follows me or anyone, you know, when I'm speaking or when I talk to schools or whoever it is, especially, you know, women, I know probably 95% of the people that tune in and um, follow along with me are, are women, but it, it's, I want to be authentic. And this has been the most chaotic experience of my entire life. I would, I would have to say in business, this has been harder than it was at the startup. And if you, you know, 
remember my story, the startup wasn't exactly easy in my journey. However, it was just different. It was a different kind of stress, something that I'd never really dealt with before. And the reason for that is because I recognized that uh, this was out of my control. What was going on in the world right now and the impact that it's having on our community and on small businesses in particular, I recognized that this is completely out of my control. This is not a just Tatu problem. This is not a just for you day spa problem or a Leary's Canada. These it wasn't something I was doing wrong with my customers. It wasn't something that we were doing that was causing the business to struggle. It was the economy and, you know, this crazy pandemic that was happening. And so having that, uh, that choice taken away from me was really frustrating for me. Now I am a strong believer that you always have choices to make and get up every day and, you know, make new choices, try harder and do all of those things. But when it was almost like I became every day, like, okay, now what, now what's going to happen? Like, okay, just kind of like constantly in preparation for the worst, because the, the unknown is so terrifying and to have everything I'd worked so hard for to build suddenly be kind of up on the chopping block and unsure whether we'd survive. This was terrifying, more terrifying than being that 15 year old girl on a bus coming to Saskatoon by myself, more terrifying than leaving a domestic abusive relationship, more terrifying than having no home, all of those things, honestly, because I had worked so hard for all of this to, to have the thought of it being taken away from me in literally the blink of an eye was absolutely like horrifying for me. And so I did what I always do. And I went into complete survival solution mode. And um, I just shared about that a little bit on my Instagram for the simple reason that I know that everybody is struggling right now. And I know a lot of people look to me for inspiration and because I am really strong, I am really resilient. Um, I know that about myself. I know that, you know, typical, typical, typical difficulties sometimes to me aren't seen the same way as the next person. I always say like, I can manage through a storm, maybe a little bit differently than the average person, because I compare it to what I've been through in the past. And so, um, I I think I am a little less fearless about, you know, taking gigantic, crazy risks because of those things. However, I was extremely human in this moment. I didn't feel like I was stronger than anyone else that was going through this, anyone else in the community uh, that was being impacted by this, whether you're a teacher or, you know, grocery store attendant or gas station attendant or a child that was going to school and unsure what their days were going to look like. I felt like I felt extremely weak in those moments because I had absolutely no control and no idea how to navigate through because this was something so unexpected. I don't think anybody in Canada or anywhere in the world could have anticipated this happening. I mean, you know, when was the last time something like this pandemic happened, like 1800s or something crazy, like when it was this bad or this big. And um, I, I just really had to get raw and real. And so I just shared, you know, quite short, post but I shared that it was a really difficult I had a really shitty week for lack of a better term and I let it get to me and I let myself be human I let myself have those moments of like I don't know what to do I I I'm struggling I'm having a really bad week I know in myself that I'll always put myself together and get through it but it's really important that we allow ourselves to have those moments and I think for me over the years I've just become so resilient with problems that I go into solution mode right away. How can I fix this? How can I get better? What can I do to make it feel better? What can I do to fix this? And in this situation, I was coming up empty every, you know, at every angle. Um, 
And that's unlike me. That's unlike me to not have an answer for something in my life. And so, you know, I let myself, I allowed myself to have those bad days. And I've said it a thousand times before, but those bad days are absolutely key to becoming successful. You need to have bad days so that you appreciate the good ones, so that you recognize your strength, uh, so that you learn, you know, problem solving skills and all of those things. And so I allowed myself, I, I remember having like one of the worst moment mornings. I had crazy anxiety. We had um, the government was announcing, please stay home, please stay home, but not shutting our business down, which meant, you know, yes, we want to support you as a small business. However, we're going to take all your customers away and, and tell them to stay at home, but you keep all your bills and all your expenses and have to pay all your staff, but do so without any customers. And I looked at our schedule and we had like hours and hours and hours of cancellations. And I just broke down in tears and was like, oh my gosh, like, is this it? What, what's happening here? What do I do? And, um, and I just allowed myself, I said, you know what, you need to have this moment. You need to sit and have your tears if you need your tears and recognize that this is just a really shitty moment and it sucks and it'll get better, but it's okay to just have that moment. Um, and then I looked to those that support me and I, reminded myself to just, you know, get back up and, and that being strong isn't about not having bad moments. It's about getting back up when you have those bad moments, allowing yourself to have those bad moments and then picking yourself up, self up off the ground and continuing on. And that's, that's what I was feeling in those moments. And now I feel fantastic and like ready to take on the world again. But I allowed myself to have that weak moment where I thought like, this just really sucks. And I need to just, to, to just allow myself to feel that. And, um, I did, and I got back up like I always do. And we made some pivots and some changes and, you know, business is still going strong and we just had to change the way I looked at everything. And, um, I think just being really honest and raw online like that, um, was what some people needed to hear. And I received it probably hundreds of messages, if I was to count them all, um, of people just saying like, oh my God, I needed to hear that, especially as a leader in the community or especially as a business owner that has a team that's looking to me for advice or, or leadership or a mom that had like, you know, is so busy with the kids and is trying to be the strong one in the family and recognizing that like, you don't have to hide by yourself. Like everybody is feeling this in such different ways and it's okay to just feel it and have a really shitty day when you need to have a shitty day and then forgiving yourself for it. And so, yeah, I mean, that's why I shared it. I, I'm going to continue to share more of those real moments, I think, because of the way that it was, uh, was responded to. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, we started the cast today with reading some quotes from your social media, which if you're not following Jess, you need to follow her because like your real talk and your quotes that you share, um, I know that you've been working really hard on those and they're all gems. So the struggle leads to the strength that leads to the success. Um, you know, I mean, that just embodies exactly what you're just, what you're just covering. Well, well and I think people always say, people always say to me, you know, oh, I can't believe. And I've said this on your last podcast, people always say to me always like, ah, it's just so crazy. Or I can't believe that you've become so successful despite all those crazy things that happen or despite all of the hardships or, and I, it, it's just wild to me that people don't connect it, but I'm successful directly because of the struggles. That's what made me so strong. That's why, that's why I wrote that quote is because I said it on stage one time and it just like clicked for me. And the struggle really does lead to the strength. What, and the strength is what led me to success because it takes somebody really strong to be able to push through those really difficult moments and get yourself back up. And the only way to become strong is to work hard at it and to have bad moments and hard moments. 
Yeah, you've taken that tough, that tough stuff and really turned it into fuel for sure, which again, we talked about kind of on the other past and you're, you embody that every day. So I know I want to go back a little bit just sure. to, you don't often talk about politics and um, I know there are a lot of small business owners and I know there is, you know, everybody is more tuned in probably to what's happening in terms of the political climate more so than ever before, which is a, which is a positive people are caring what the government is doing, but I know the government could be handling things a little bit differently for small business. Um, we talked and you mentioned you would be open to share a little bit about that. So what would you say to some of those government officials right now? Okay, so here's my two cents on it. So when we first when we first decided to close, we shut our doors probably about a week before actual shutdown, maybe two weeks, uh, actually was announced because it was just a the right thing to do, but it was terrifying. I think I cried every day for that first week when we first shut down because I was risking it all for the safety of our customers, our clients, and our staff. Because at that time, we didn't have enough information about what was going on in the community. We didn't know anything about this pandemic. We didn't know what was happening. It was terrifying. Customers were terrified to come in. Staff was terrified to come in. I was terrified of spreading it. I didn't know how it spread. We just knew nothing back then. So we shut down a little bit early. We were very, uh, we had very, very kind, wonderfully understanding customers um, that agreed with us and understood and felt like we were doing the right thing and leading by example. We were one of the first businesses in uh, Saskatchewan, I guess, and also in Lloydminster to shut our doors uh, before the shutdown was announced. Uh, however, with that came a lot of attacks as well for people that didn't believe in the pandemic, uh, for people that thought we were being ridiculous. Uh, I just felt in that moment that it was really left on our shoulders to make that call. Uh, I felt like if I stayed open, I was risking something. If I closed, I wasn't risking, I was risking the business, but I wasn't risking anyone's health. And obviously health had to come first. And that's just the choice we made. Jump ahead to getting shut down. Now, at that point, when we first got shut down, it was terrifying because we didn't know if it was two weeks, two months, or forever, frankly. Uh, I had to lay off 158 staff. That took days to do. Uh, it was awful. These are people that rely on me for the livelihood, their livelihoods, their children, their rent, their bills, their everything was relying on me. And to not to, to say that I wasn't devastated over that was... I, I've never experienced anything like those feelings in that moment. I even get choked up talking about it. The staff was so incredible. was so supportive. Uh, my management team went into complete and utter like love for each other. We, they were so supportive of me. They saw that I was struggling. They messaged me constantly. They, you know, were there to, you know, hold me up when I wasn't feeling super strong in those moments but knowing that I was making the right decisions they stood by me the entire way they're just such incredible people and and uh, we laid those people off what the government offered us was essentially more debt they offered us um, you know the small and I'm not sure if you know anyone that's not in business would understand would know this but we were offered a $40,000 loan per business uh, and if you paid it off within a certain amount of time you get to keep a, a small very small portion of it however for a small business, not necessarily us, but like a smaller business, let's say, you know, taking on that kind of debt just to be able to pay their rent doesn't really put them in a better position when they have no sales. So as much as we appreciate the fact that it would help us pay the rent and those types of things in those moments, um, it was really, really kind of uh, frustrating to say like, oh, I'm so sorry, you have to shut your doors and we're forcing you to close. Here's some more debt to add to that. So when you open, you'll have that debt. Okay, so that was my first kind of issue with it. However, I understand that, you know, 
they maybe didn't know at the same time. They didn't know they were trying to do what was best. Um, I, I understand that this was difficult for everybody. So that was the first thing that was frustrating. Now I feel even more frustrated and lack of support from the government because we're being told that we need to stay open uh, or, you know, being left to stay open. I mean, I guess we could choose to close, but that's not really an option again for the livelihoods of everybody and the future of our business and the hundreds of thousands of dollars we've invested in our now six companies. And so to be told like, okay, no, we're not shutting you down. We're here for you. We're supporting small business. However, in the same breath to say, unless it's essential, please don't leave your home. Now I understand why they're saying that. I completely understand. They want people to be safe in the community. I agree, but it's not really an option for the my team to just stay at home when this is their livelihood. And unfortunately, their livelihood relies on the people of our community to leave their homes and to come and see us. We've done everything we can to make sure that it's a very, very safe environment for them to come to. We have gone above and beyond what the rules are by a thousand. We are so over the top with our sanitation protocols. We're changing PPE every hour. We're changing everything. It's insane the things that we're doing, I think, because I just don't want to take the risk. However, to be told that, you know, we have full expenses at this point, I only have two of my four locations that qualified for any rent reduction. So we're paying full bills, full expenses. So not only do we now have customers canceling every hour because they're being told to stay home, which I appreciate and understand why. I completely understand why. It just puts us in such a difficult position because we don't have the option to just close our doors. And because if we close our doors, we still have to pay the rent. So obviously like that's a bit of an issue. But secondly, the rules that have been put in place for our industry specifically are so strict that we're not allowed to be even open when we are open with customers. We're not even allowed to see the the quantity of clients at the capacity that we need to to pay our bills at full we have had the saskatchewan health authority come and check on us four times to measure between our stations make sure that we're distant enough all of these types of things which i appreciate we follow everything absolutely to a t we haven't had one single thing that we're not you know following like perfectly What's frustrating to me is that on my way home from work, I'll stop at somewhere like Canadian Tire or Walmart or those places. And I'm thinking, looking around thinking like, where are they in their measuring between people? We're keeping people two meters apart, like to a T and you're checking on us constantly in a, in a business, in an, in an industry that hasn't had any cases in the news, none, zero. Yet these big box stores are packed with people. Where is the health authority holding them accountable and measuring between people. There's people walking past me, they're standing, hitting my cart, you know, and it's just so frustrating because I really do. And maybe this is like, you know, an unpopular opinion. I feel like small businesses are taking the brunt of this all right now. And I feel like, unfortunately, many of us are not going to survive at the end of this. I've worked my butt off to ensure that we, we make it through this. I've been doing all sorts of public speaking events and mentorship and, um, and, and, you know, banking all of that to ensure that we, we survived through this and I, I 100% fully confidently feel like we will, but unfortunately many of my colleagues and my friends and business owners are not going to survive this. And that is a fact. And that is devastating to not only the business owners and the families and the employees that they employ, but the community as well. And 
I just, it breaks my heart because I think that as much as, you know, the government is doing, you know, what they can or what they feel maybe is best. Um, I just feel like this is going to destroy small business. And um, I don't, I don't know how many of these places are going to recover. And that to me, it just feels wrong. And so that's my little rant. <laughs> well, I mean, and thank you so much for sharing that. Um, when you think of things that could be done, is it not, and maybe, maybe this is completely stupid, but some of the rent situations, could that not even be tacked onto the end, give people six months, you're not paying rent, support your banks and supporting your, your people, you're still paying back the exact same amount, like even, have, has anything even like that been offered? And I mean, maybe that's a stupid idea, but. So there is now, there's a new uh, rental program that you can apply for. Here's my issue and multiple issues of other business owners I've spoke to. So the reason we don't qualify in one of our locations is because when we shut down, we were a smaller size space with half the amount of staff. During the, uh, during the shutdown, we had already already signed a new lease to double our size to take on the space next door and do a giant renovation and expansion that was all organized the summer before it started before the pandemic hit and we we were already into it halfway so we had to continue and it actually worked out okay because our doors were closed so we could like take a four-month project and move it into two months while we were closed all day however what that means is that now that we're reopened I'm double the size, double the customers, double the staff and double the profit or double the sales. Sorry. However, my expenses are also double, but they don't take that. They didn't take that into consideration. So it looks as though from the year prior to the year now, now, like we're making more and you only qualify if you have seen a drop in your sales of 30%. Now, if you look at it in comparison we significantly have had a drop in sales it's just that they're not taking into consideration the fact that now we're double the size and paying double the expenses as well so it just on paper looks like we've you know become twice the size well we have but that also means like we're still making less money and our sales significantly have dropped our capacity has dropped uh, how many, like, instead of six pedicure chairs, we're allowed to do three to four instead of, um, you know, 10 clients coming in at a time, we're allowed to see five. That's a, that's a huge, huge drop. And in our industry, there's something only like, it's a very, very small percentage is profit. So it's just really frustrating because it's, it's not taking into consideration these little, uh, these little things that make our industry unique or different industries unique. Um, and then secondly, it's to me, in my opinion, the landlords, we have two landlords that are incredible. It, it's their in their best interest to keep us as a tenant, because I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, you know, perfect on the, the topic. I'm not an expert on the topic, but I don't think a whole lot of business owners are going to be opening and expanding and starting new businesses right, right in this moment, which means if I leave, they have no tenant and their space, it's empty. So for the most part, Two of our landlords have been absolutely incredible, so understanding, so uh, flexible with us because they recognize that they want us forever to stay there. Um, and that if we fail, you know, they are left without a tenant. So it's just the other two that are, are a little bit more, sorry, this is what I'm, you know, I need this to pay my mortgage too. And I understand that as well. I mean, they also have, you know, their mortgages on the buildings to pay as well. And they can't not have a tenant either. So the government is offering a couple of like some, some small programs. I just don't think enough has been done. Um, and frankly, I feel, and maybe I'm totally off 
by saying this, there's a part of me that feels like it's just kind of like, well, survival of the fittest, whoever survives, survives and whoever doesn't, doesn't. And that's just life. And as much as that sucks, and I recognize in life that that is just a part of life, um, it, it just doesn't seem very fair for how often small businesses support the community around us. Um, thankfully, customers have come to all of us and have been our, our biggest saving grace. They are, they are recognizing how badly we need their support in all areas, whether it's a clothing store or restaurant or whatever. Um, I am blown away by the, the kind customers and the support that we, that we feel. So it's not like I think the government is this terrible, you know, doing these terrible things to us. I just feel like a little bit uh, left on our own to survive a storm that we, many will not survive. Mm-hmm. Forced to close down, but not a whole lot of support to stay, to, to arrive, to uh, survive at the end. Yeah, forced to stay, forced to be closed, but where's the, yeah, the encouragement and the actual action that is tied to staying open long after. And telling our customers to stay home is forcing people into closure. That's what's going to happen. It's for, they have no option. They're going to close. Yeah. Because no one can survive. No. And it's like you said, the, the whole community is like, rallying around small businesses so that's awesome to see thank but god thank god because right. without that we have no choice we have no chance i mean but then a lot of them don't have jobs as well so i mean that's you know exactly as well but it, go ahead, it all Jen. impacts it all impacts each other right if if my employees don't have jobs and they're on ei uh what what does that leave the rest of the community that they supported they can't support their community in the same way that they used to. They can't eat out at the restaurants that they used to. They're going to be cutting back all across the board. So the impact on the economy that this is going to have is going to last years and years and years. And uh, unfortunately, I mean, obviously the health and safety of everyone is number one. Uh, I just wish that we could come to some better, like some better plan or program to help support small business so that when things do pass and the health of our customers and clients isn't so, um, isn't so at risk because of this terrible pandemic that maybe they'll still be, they'll still be standing when we're, when we're done or when this is all over. I mean, it's hard because I understand why we have to do this. Of course I do. I don't want anyone getting sick. Like I don't want to lose anyone I love. Of course I care about that all. I just wish that there also was some support on the other side a little bit better as well because it can't just be up to our customers that are also being impacted uh, by their jobs and you know their financial situations are being so directly impacted as well. We can't even really you know, hope that they give us everything they can to keep us open because that's not really fair either. So it's just hard. I mean, across the board, it's just hard in every direction. Right. Well, and I'm so glad that you're talking about that too. Like when you said um, about talking about your struggles and I think when like social media is so like a double-edged sword because I think people see this perfect life this perfect Instagram shot and then when you open up that this is actually really hard it's hard to you know struggle through the chaos it's hard to struggle through opening up your own business it's hard to struggle through the pandemic like I remember Jesse and I obviously you know our health issues and I think a lot of people just thought we overcame it and we just got better and we're so inspiring and then life carries on. 
but you know, life was really, really hard. And it was really like, it was a struggle for a long time. And I don't think a lot of people saw that. And so then we kind of started opening up about, you know, like life was quite a challenge for a long time. So I'm glad that you said that because, you know, life is, is a challenge and it's hard and you, you know, you get that strength from overcoming things. So what would you say to businesses that are really struggling right now and really having a hard time pivoting? Cause it is out of our control a lot. I think it's so hard right now because um, this is so out of our business's control. So it's not like it. I can look at as a mentor and a business coach, I will look at a business and say like, okay, what areas are you struggling and where do we need to repair things? We're all being impacted the same way because essentially the, the we're losing our customers. I mean, really, no matter what industry is that's that's essentially what's happening um because people can't go out if you're in an industry that needs people to leave their houses and people are being told to stay home you know that's just it's going to impact them yes we understand why because i've had people say to me like but you have to understand like this is it's the pandemic is more important than you know small business and i'm like i I, okay i understand that completely it just doesn't mean that it's easy it's not an easy pill to swallow to know that like we can't have customers. It's, it's devastating. It's devastating on both ends is my point. But um, to a business that's struggling, what I really learned from my business is you do need to get proactive. You need to stay optimistic, but you need to, to literally dive into your business, look at it from a different angle, find unique ways to, whether it's sell product or reach customers. Um, I recently, and I don't think she'd care if I shared this, but I had um, a business owner who owns a dance studio And she was like, I don't have any debt. I have no students. Like how, like, what else can I do? And I said, but you're such an inspiration to these dancers. Like, why wouldn't you offer some mentorship to these young girls that are struggling and do like one-on-one sessions with them and, you know, pivot the way that you're doing your business. You can't reach them by having them come and learn how to dance, but you can reach their hearts and help them through this hard time. And there's such an opportunity there and a need there. Um, Now that's something she would never have considered because it was such an outsider's view on what she did. And she's such an inspiration. It, it was just like, she had such a value. And so it's looking at your business and saying like, how can I do what I'm doing, but completely different. And I've had to, I mean, when I'm in, I'm in a service industry where we touch people in person, you can't replace that online. So we've had to really get creative on how we can stay profitable so that we can be standing at the end of this. Um, and we've done all sorts of different things. We've brought in tons of new product lines. We've done um, curbside pickup. We've done spa survival kits, how to give yourself a pedicure at home. Um, all of these types of things that I just had to dig in and get real creative to, to be able to survive this. And luckily we are still open. Luckily we are so safe that people feel comfortable enough to still come to us. And we are still able to see customers, not at the level I'd like to, but we're still there. Um, and frankly, there's a lot of people that really need that self-care that need right now are having the hardest time they've ever had in their lives. They're, they're, they're really needing some me time. And I'm so grateful that we are able to still be open so that we can still, uh, provide that at any level. Mm-hmm even well, if it's not at the level that I need it to be. 
And that's a testament to you and your team. And one thing I love about uh, Just For You is you go in there and I always make a point. I'm just obviously um, quite proud that, that I know you. So I'm just always like, isn't Jess the best? And the way that your staff speaks about you, and I've said this to you before, I've said this on the cast before, the way your staff speaks about you and the fact that they are there, they are working their butts off for you. I mean, it just, it stems from the bottom up, but it stems from the top down too with Jess for you. And yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all. And I know I certainly feel safe. Um, going in there because you guys are doing everything and going the extra well and and it's not just for the customers as much as like of course the safety of our customers is so important but my staff they see 10 people in a day each you know they they are at risk so I it's really important to me that they are safe which is why we put all these things in place but I mean I could go on and on for hours about my team. I don't understand where these wonderful people were created because they are just the most wonderfully loving, hardworking. It's just, it's such a team. And I'm just, it makes me so proud of them. And they do these little things and, you know, I get the reviews. I still read all the reviews um, that come in and I just, it, it just fills my heart to see their names listed and like, you know, Nancy was so wonderful. She did this or, you know, Mel was so great. She's just the best. She made me feel so taken care of. And what I always notice in all of our reviews and keep in mind between the four locations, we get thousands. What I always recognize is the same is that people will say how they, I, she made me feel this way. She made me feel amazing. She made me feel taken care of. She made me feel like I could relax. It was never like, oh, my heels are great my right. toenails it's <laughs> yeah. always the last the last line of the review always says like oh my toe and my toenails look great or and I you know my shoulders feel better but it's always the feeling and I try to teach that to my to my team that it's it's we sell an experience and how they're feeling and um if we can continue to do that by being wonderfully kind to them we will make it through this and they really are like they have really stepped up. I could not ask for more supportive people. Like I said, my management is like next level. The staff that we have on, on across all four locations have completely outdone themselves. They are scared and fearful and more so than just needing to make a paycheck. They are there to make people feel good because they recognize that everybody's having a hard time. And I just like, I'm like proud mom, you know, like I just feel like proud mama. And, um, I, yeah, I just love them so much. I, yeah, I don't get to see them all as much as I'd like being in, in Saskatoon and not being able to travel as much. So I don't see my Regina team as much as I'd like. I don't see my Lloyd team as much as I'd like. It breaks my heart all the time when I go to visit and there's like new staff that I haven't met yet. It just like kills me because I like want to know everything about all of them. And I understand that there's one of me and that's not possible, but I still don't like it. <laughs> I'd still rather know everything about them. But Speaking of proud mama, Let's shift and talk a little bit about your family. How was, when COVID hit, how was homeschooling your kids? And oh how was that like homeschooling and running a business and all of that? Uh, yeah, it was not, it was like, like I said, I just feel like I'm living in a different universe, but uh, luckily my kids are really good kids, but I would say like the teenagers, eh, not so, it wasn't so easy getting them to like, not play video games and actually focus on their work. But um, I, I did give them a bit of, I would say, freedom for the fact that like, this is impacting them significantly as well. And their mental health is obviously the most important thing to me. And taking away all of their contacts and their friends and their social skills and 
you know, the way that they learn. I mean, I learned best when someone showed me things when I was in school. And I think if you take that all away, it, it's a really difficult for a child, especially my daughter, who's, uh, she'll be turned, she's 11. So she'll be turning 12 this year to take away like the way that they've learned. It, it was just like brand new. So it was like kind of just like relearning these basic things. It was just such a different world. Uh, but, you know, I give them so much credit for how they responded to the changes and kind of, um, you know, ran with it and rolled with it. And I was in a lot of chaotic moments there. So I give my husband a lot of credit because I was dealing with such stress of, of the business and he just really stepped up and was like, okay, I got this. Like, let me help with, you know, making sure our, 16 year old son like gets his homework done and I'd come home and like be able to like help the 11 year old and and uh it was just bizarre I think that's the only way I can explain it It was just bizarre it was like learning all over again how to do things and but I I did give them some flexibility as well and I was like you know what like especially when it was nice outside I kind of knew this was coming this winter that we'd be kind of locked down in our houses and not able to go outside. So this summer I was good. I was like, if you guys are outside getting physical activity, like I'm okay. If you don't sit and do like, you know, your eight 30 to three 30 PM schooling, go get some fresh air, go play with, you know, your friend, neighbor, whatever, social distance a bit, whatever, but make sure that, you know, you're getting outside and getting some fresh air. And that was important, but it's just been such a bizarre they, to have like my daughter not in dance my son's hockey just since this last weekend has now been canceled um their physical activity is like basically at zero because it's cold outside and all their sports have been canceled uh thankfully and I know a lot of people would disagree with me about this but thankfully they have uh devices that they can connect with their friends still so I don't feel like they've been completely cut off like I was thinking about how this would have impacted like our generation for example and I think like, I don't know what I would have done if I like my only contacts to everybody was to see them in person. Right. So I'm, I'm a little bit more grateful for technology now uh, than I'd say I was before the pandemic. Oh yeah. But it, like, it's just been such a weird time. It's just so bizarre. It is such a bizarre time. I've no, now I know all about the fur trade and to, <laughs> like, yeah. to actually help my son learn about that stuff. And, and again, like there's so many things that we have to figure out just how to roll with it. Well, and also like I was a decent student. I wasn't great, but holy crap. Uh, my like grade six student is asking me about math and I'm like, I don't know what you're doing. I don't remember that. And also it's a completely different way. I'm like, I don't understand what you like. That's not how I learned how to do it. So I'm like, I thought I was pretty smart, but I'm like, when my 11 year old is like schooling me on her homework I'm like okay <laughs> like I had to I had to rally my husband and being like we can just divide and conquer I taught the English and he taught the math because I couldn't I couldn't well, I was math was my favorite I loved math but I, like the way that they do some stuff now is just so different than how I I'm like that's not how you do that that seems so bizarre but so it's just I mean it was it was a it was definitely uh, a test on our family for sure. Considering I was dealing with such chaos in the business. Mm -hmm. I didn't sleep. I was sleeping a couple of hours a night during that first shutdown. Um, and you know, now I, I feel good. I feel optimistic. I, I, we made it through, I think the worst part of it was the unknown. Now I think we know what we're dealing with. 
we know how it spreads. We know what's to come. We know that there's a bit of a plan. Uh, we know that there's, you know, maybe a vaccine coming or, or whatever. There's like something at the beginning. It was just so unknown, the unknown, it was up in the air. And that was pretty scary for me. Um, now I feel good. I feel optimistic. My kids are getting a little stir crazy, but, uh, and I'll be honest, my coffee, quiet coffee at home in the morning is not the same. <laughs> I'm interrupted 18 times, but it's made us like closer as a family. And, um, you know, my husband's been so supportive in terms of the stress going on with the business and he's, you know, been there to like help with the, the side of things, like the business side of things that I just like my mind, the worry, you know, and I can talk to him and he's just like very logical and I'll say like, okay, but this is what's going to happen. Try this, you know? Um, so it's, he's been a good sounding board. And so I give him a lot of credit for, I don't think I've been my most wonderful self in the last, the last few months. So, um, it's just, it's, I think this has been just so hard on everyone. Absolutely. Yeah. Everyone in I different ways. Right. Yeah, for sure. We, I think we've all had those moments where we, you know, kind of look in the mirror and we're like, Oh, like, I don't even know who that person was. Like, where did that even come from? You know, we're all under this extra added unknown stress. And so I want to just go back to your husband a little bit. Relationships are hard. I think we, you know, they're hard on a, on a great year during a great time during great parts of life, but with all of these unknowns, um, what advice do you have for those people like yourself that are business owners who are stressed about, you know, the finances and, um, you know, maybe crisis schooling That's what Kristen and I call it crisis schooling when the kids are at home and you're having to kind of forced um, deliver um, schooling when that was not what you wanted to do was educate your own kids. What advice do you have for people to just stay connected and to be you know, mindful of what their parent or their partners are going through as well. I think the biggest thing for uh, my relationship, and I mean, we've been together 17 years, married 15 years next month. Um, and the biggest thing I would say that works really well for us is, is we are very good at having our own space, making sure that like he gets to be him and he gets his alone time and I get to be me and I get to have my alone time. And I don't forget about the things that I love doing, even if he doesn't like them, he doesn't forget, you know, and vice versa. Um, if he wants to go, you know, play hockey with his, but whatever he's doing, I, you have to be supportive of those things and not lose your identity. Um, that's number one. Number two, I would say through this, uh, just being patient, I think is the biggest thing. Remembering to like, take a breath and be patient. Uh, I think a lot of people are struggling because you're stuck in this space with someone you're not used to spending that much time with. And, um, so making sure that you, you know, you do take that space apart from each other a little bit and like, you know, whether it's going downstairs and watching TV in a separate space and having like, so you're not in each other's face the entire time, I think is really important. Uh, because from, you know, I've heard from girlfriends and lots of friends and around and staff and stuff that like, they're like, I just can't, my husband and I are at each other's necks because we're like in each other's face all day long, every day, all day, every day. And you just, you need, I think everybody needs their a little bit of like privacy and a little bit of alone time. And whether that's when dad's at work or, or mom's at work or whatever, uh, that's been taken away. So taking your time apart is really, I think actually really beneficial for you. And then also making a point of having quality time where you don't talk about work, especially as business owners, you need to have moments where you don't talk about the business. Um, I found for a lot of years, he was my sounding board where I would come home and I would vent to him about things. 
And it became almost like, that's all I talked about. I would vent, I would just vent to him um, because there's just certain things you can't, they, that uh, like some of your girlfriends maybe can't um, relate to if you're not a business owner or you can't really talk about it with your staff because it might be something that like has nothing to do with them or like sales or budgets or whatever. And so he was the one, you know, the trust that I could trust that I could talk to about the difficult things in the business. And for me, I think it became that I just did that with him. That's all I would come home and I'd vent about it. And then, you know, we had to learn to make sure we had quality time where we didn't just talk about the kids and we didn't just talk about business and we focused on each other and remembered like things that we liked to do together, whether that was like just watching our favorite show together or playing like cards together or going for a walk or, um, we'd go out on the boat this summer and spend time together or go for a drive out in the country and listen to music and like spend time actually together that isn't about co-parenting and business. Um, and that honestly, I think is key for why my relationship has always stayed so strong is because we really do focus on um, us as a couple, not just co-parents, especially in the middle of a pandemic where like, I think you go into solution mode and you just you do this, you do that. And you become like robotic a little bit. And to make things work, I think you still need to find the time to spend together. Thank you for sharing that, Jess. I know that that will resonate with a lot of people and a lot of great tips. So I want to just shift again for a second every year, whether you're a resolution person or not, I think everybody has that feeling where like 2020 is going to be a great year. And I've heard it already starting 2021 is our year. 2020 was a bit of a bucket list year for you in many different ways. And I know one of those bucket list items for you was getting the Emmys. And so you get the Emmys and then that is kind of taken away. Can you share a little bit about what that process was like for you? Okay. So we went to the Emmys in 2019, um, which was like, I think I shared, did I talk about it on the last podcast? I think we might've, um, we went to the 2019 Emmys uh, as a sponsor, Golden Gift Lounge sponsor. It was one of the most incredible experiences of my life. It's usually a one-off, a one-time thing. And we were invited to come back for 2020, which, I mean, I was in tears when we got that call. I was stoked. I thought, okay, wow, we get to go back. We got to go back on a way bigger platform uh, in a way bigger way. We were going to be gifting uh, our product at the Kelly Clarkson show. She was just launching. Now she's actually got her show and it's good. Like it's going and whatever. But at that time they were just launching it. Uh, we had a bunch of different shows. We, we had a, a potential partnership with a very popular uh, curated box company that like you know, the boxes that you get, like the subscription boxes that you get every month. We had a contract with them that was through the Emmys that they had lined up and we were so excited. And then we landed the Junos uh, as the uh, official beauty partner of the Junos. And we just, I felt like we were for Leary's Canada, my cosmetic brand. I felt like we were on top of the world. All these amazing big things were happening. And then it started with the Junos. We were supposed to be at that, the Junos that weekend uh, that everything got shut down. And so the Junos getting canceled and in, in, they were in Saskatoon, but in Saskatchewan was probably the start of the chaos for me. That's when it really, we had invested a significant amount of money into not only the events, but the product that we had created for it. And uh, that was canceled. And I'm like, oh my God, we spent $25,000 on these products that were supposed to be gifted to the celebrities at both the Emmys and the Junos. Like, what are we going to do? That's a huge investment to not get our money back on. And um, the people of the Junos were great to us. Uh, they were really supportive to make sure that we like were okay and got our money back for what we had invested with the Junos. Uh, specifically, they were wonderful. 
the Emmys though were completely canceled as well. And that just gutted me because going, I mean, I had an interview and meeting with the team from the Ellen show. I mean, that is not stuff that you get in Saskatchewan. So to be able to go do that and have that opportunity and then have it taken away was, was awful. However, I'm so optimistic that those opportunities will continue to come. I have great contacts there. They are the most wonderful people at the Emmys. I am absolutely planning, providing there is an Emmys event again, that will go back for 2021 in a bigger and even grander way because we've had time to like reflect and plan. And I now I know where I want to go. I know that, you know, if I can get through this, I can get through anything. Um, I know I feel like I say that a lot though. I feel like I say that after every like little traumatic thing, I'm like, okay, if I can get through that, I can get through anything. And I'm like, and then something else comes and I'm like, oh, damn it. Why did I say that? <laughs> Jinx myself. But I think if, if we can push through this, uh, I, I, not if we will push through this, I have some really big things that I'm working on. I'm so excited. There's so like some pretty, uh, pretty big goals coming in 2021. Um, we're hoping for, I'll share a little bit of it. We yeah. are hoping <laughs> you might as well, cause you're gonna, you're gonna ask it. I'm gonna, yeah, I unmuted just to get ready. Um, so in terms of Leary's Canada, yes, we want to go back to the Emmys for sure. Uh, we have a few different things that I can't really share about that we're working on, um, in terms of that. However, they're big, they're awesome. I'm stoked for it. Uh, with just for you, we were actually quietly, and I'll announce this on uh, on here. I don't mind because I love you guys. Um, we were actually in negotiations of opening our fifth spa in Calgary, Alberta, when the pandemic hit, and so everything got taken off the table. And we just, I, you know, I just said like, I, I can't be that crazy. I know I'm crazy sometimes in terms of business and making <laughs> taking risks, but I can't be, you know, taking on an expansion in the middle of a pandemic in a city that's been hit pretty hard with it. And so all of that got put, you know, put on the ba the back burner for now. Um, doesn't mean it's off the table. We're going to pick that up and renegotiate again, potentially uh, when this is in the past. So that's still something on my radar. I still want to continue to expand just for you. Um, I'm looking at lots of different opportunities in terms of the spas. Uh, we did just expand our eight street location in Saskatoon to double the size, which is pretty unbelievable. I'm, I'm so excited about that. And then the other big thing that happened, I was supposed to be going on tour to speak. And I think I talked about that on the last podcast that obviously got canceled. I think I had 13 cities across Canada booked. I was so excited for that, not only to be able to reach people and help people and connect with people the way that I do when I, when I um, get to speak on stage and get to connect with these people, but the community connections and involvement that I can make when I'm in those cities, I can learn about the charities there, I can see what I can do differently and bring to their city. Um, that was what I was most excited about is getting Leah Reese Canada into some of those communities so that we could raise some money and do some cool things and start to you know, see it make a bigger impact across the country, not just so much in Saskatchewan and Alberta. And I was really excited about that. Obviously that got canceled and put on the back burner. However, I think that when one door closes, another opens. And so the week before the shutdown, so it would have been March 7th, uh, I spoke with Jillian Harris in for the second time in Calgary, Alberta, and so bizarre. I feel like this was, feels like it was forever ago, but we, there's thousands of people there. So I was hugging people, which I was sure a week later, I was like, I must have COVID because I hugged 150 or uh, 1500 people. <laughs> However, I didn't, and it was fine. But at that event, I met some incredible women. One of those women is one of the most powerful, wonderful humans I think I've ever connected with. 
I pitched the idea of putting this tour back on for 2021. She loved it. So we are currently working on a 2021 tour and bringing on some pretty incredible uh, celebrity speakers. So I am over the moon, literally like dying to like scream it from a mountaintop. So I'm really hoping that that all works out because we have a really, really exciting uh, plan for it. Like big, 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 big. So I'm excited for that. So I think 2021 is going to be, even if the pandemic lingers, you know, I still just think, you know, looking optimistically, finding light in the dark places, which is right now, which, which I've managed to do by ripping apart where I am, where I want to be, what I want to do and taking the time to write those new goals while I have time to think thoroughly about them. And sometimes in business or as an entrepreneur, you get so busy being busy that you stop moving forward. And I think we can all take this time. Um, you don't need to take it, you know, to like, I'm going to get in the best shape of my life or I'm going to redo my house and like make all these big projects. It's okay to just sit with your thoughts right now. It is okay to like take this time and go like, this is heavy. What do I, what, what am I grateful for? What am I happy that I have in my life that, you know, has made me recognize like how much I missed. I didn't recognize how much I miss traveling and how, uh, and how, um, blessed I was to be able to do that and how grateful I was to be in a position that I was able to travel, whether it was to speak or to see my family or my sister, uh, who lives overseas or what it was, I will never take that for granted ever, ever, ever again. And I think in these difficult moments, it, it does give us the opportunity to see some light and look at some things that maybe we need to appreciate more and be more grateful for. And, work harder towards as well. And, um, for me, that's what that's done. So I'm pretty excited about what's to come. And also, I know we talked about this. I think one of you asked me about it on the last podcast and I said, I wasn't sure, but, um, I am working on a book, so I'm slowly writing had a bit of encouragement from these two ladies that had me on a podcast. So, uh, yeah, I started this summer. I had lots of spare time, um, sitting at my lake and I started to write and, um, I've been writing just a little bit here and there. Sometimes I wake up at three in the morning and can't sleep. And I just grab my computer, my laptop, and my notebook, and I go right from the couch. And, um, and now I feel like that, you know, that's a real thing on my list. And I think, I think I'm going to do it. I'm not sure when it'll get done and I'm not pressuring myself, but I'm excited about that. Uh, so there's so much to look forward to. I have some really cool projects that I'm going to be working on. I've been working with Mamas for Mamas uh, to try to bring them to Saskatchewan, which uh, if you're not familiar with, you need to look them up there incredible and you ladies need to work with them because oh my gosh they are amazing they do the most incredible thing for moms across the country it's unreal so I'm so excited for some big things with them so yeah lots of big things in the works well awesome yes well we're gonna stay tuned on all of that so in in kind of closing today and I know you've mentioned this before and it's something that I need to do more of but whether our listeners are you know, uh, business owners, not business owners, working, not working. I think everybody can benefit from sitting down, um, being mindful, which Kristen, you know, is a huge um, proponent for, but goal setting, writing things down. How much, how important is that in planning ahead for you? Goal writing has always been at the top of my list. Every I, I write a column now for Toast Magazine, and that was like my, I wrote seven keys to entrepreneurial success. Number one was goal writing. I teach it to everybody that I mentor. I teach it to my staff. Um, I, I shout it from the rooftops because it really has been 
a game changer for me. It really has. I, I think it sounds more cliche to be like, oh, you need to write your goals and actually write them down. But when you when you write them down and check them constantly and are always on top of it, you do actually take steps forward. You will actually start to see your, your growth. You will recognize like, wow, I'm, I haven't done anything in the last couple of weeks, like nothing, uh, because you're holding yourself accountable. Otherwise you get busy being busy and you don't see if you've, if you've accomplished anything. So not only is it important to write your, to check your goals because you're, you, to see how far you've gone, but to continue to move forward and, and get to the things you want to do. So my key pieces of advice about goal writing is pick a time every week. I always do Monday mornings cause I'm, it's a fresh day. It's a great way to get your mindset going for the week, especially if you want to actually like accomplish things. Um, and if you get busy with other stuff during the week, you won't get to it. So I always say go big first, right where you want to be in five years where you maybe you want to be in 10 years, write that big goal first and then work yourself backwards. If it's, you want a promotion, if it's, you want to own a house, if it, whatever it is that you want, you want to start your own business. What do you, what do you have to do halfway at the halfway mark? What do you need to raise a hundred thousand dollars? Do you need to make X amount of money? Do you need to, you know, plan this or that? Where do you need to be to get halfway there and then break it down by month and then by week. So I always go backwards the opposite way instead of like making small goals first I do the big ones first and then I break it down by um, what the things are in a week, for example, that I don't want to do. The things that I'm like, oh my God, I do not want to have to do this task. And I get those done first. I plan my week. I get those done first right away. And then I always plan for the end of the week, the things I love to do. So the things that I enjoy the most because it pushes me through those yucky things during the week. And gets me excited by like, the, as soon as the kind of difficult stuff is done, I'm like, oh my God. And then I have this on Thursday and this on Friday, like oh, the rest of my week is great. And it just like sets the tone um, for the end of the week. And I go into the weekend and actually feel refreshed. I don't carry that weight with me. And by constantly looking back at what you've accomplished, uh, not only does it make you proud of yourself and want to, you know, the feeling of accomplishment is pretty incredible, but it also holds you accountable. So if you don't do it, you're, it's like in your mind all the time, like, oh, it's like a reminder, like, oh my God, I didn't do this. I need to do it. And if you didn't finish it one week, you need to move it ahead to the next week. And I wrote a whole um, kind of guide on that, uh, that you can get to on my website. If you go to my website, you can see the, the post I made or the uh, article that I wrote about uh, goal writing. So it's, it's really helpful, but I don't care if you're a business owner. I don't care if you are an entrepreneur or you're a stay-at-home mom or your teacher or a doctor, everybody could benefit from goal writing because we all have goals and we have things that we want to accomplish. And we really do have, I've said it a hundred times, we really do have the ability to, to reach those goals. You just kind of have to decide you want to, and then you need to hold yourself accountable. I, I really like that we're recording this on a Friday. <laughs> yeah, See? exactly. Yeah. Fridays. It was one of my favorite things to do is to do the fun things at the end of the week. And you guys are always so much fun. So, um, but I did write uh, a very uh, a better uh, layout of that all that probably sounded a little bit scrambly trying to, you know, no, ramble it off, but it, but it is yeah, written out yeah, and there's like some good, now. there's some good uh, direction for how to go. Right. And I, I, there's an article about that right on my website. There's I think I'm on the fourth article now. Um, and then we talk, I talk about education and the importance of that. I talk about stress management and lots of different things. So 
I think it's just really important right now. If anybody can walk away with anything from this podcast today, I think the biggest piece of advice that I would give anyone is to be gentle with yourself right now. Everybody is struggling. And if you were struggling before, you are sure as hell struggling harder now. Uh, Everybody is. Uh, Don't be afraid to reach out to your sisters. I say that a lot. There's, I wrote a whole post on that as well. Do not be afraid to reach out to the people that say they love you. More often than not, they will be there for you. They just don't know you're struggling and they can't help you if they don't know there's a problem. Uh, Getting over ourselves and learning to have courage to talk to somebody. I don't care if it's me, message me. I don't, I, people message me all the time and say like, I can't tell my friends this, but I need to tell someone like, I will be that ear if you need That's I like, I love to be that for people because I know how much I've needed that in my past. Being kind to, to yourself, being kind to others, giving yourself a break that right now you are not likely at your best and that's just fine. Uh, surviving is absolutely enough right now. Um, and I think a lot of moms especially aren't giving themselves enough credit for that, that it's okay to not be your best right now and to just survive this and, um, and, and to make sure you're taking some time for yourself, taking care of yourself. And that's not a pitch for my spa. We, we would love to treat you, but I'm saying, I don't care if it's reading a book and having a bath by yourself, um, taking the time and being okay to feel what you need to feel when you need to feel it and giving yourself a bit of a break. I'm very hard on myself. And I had to even get to the point where I'm like, you know what, I need to just feel crappy because that's how I feel right now. And I will pick myself up and get, keep going. Uh, but we're a lot stronger than we think we are. Uh, we just forget that sometimes. Jess, that was very, very profound what you just said. So thank you for saying that. And thank you for giving that reminder to a lot of women that are struggling, a lot of men that are struggling. Everybody's um, struggling right now. That's the yeah, they are. And it's okay. And I think we just need to remember we will get through this, but it sure feels a lot better if we have our friends and our support systems with us. Um, you know, and there's so many people out there that are willing to talk. And there's so many people that are out there that are giving yourself or they're giving you uh, positive inspiration. And one more thing that I'd love to add before we go is if you are feeling heavy and you are feeling like the negativity is like too much and it's just like everything that's going on around is just too heavy to bear, remove those things from your life. You choose what you allow into your world. You choose what your mind retains. And if you go on social media and all you read is people's rants and political rants and rants about the pandemic and these terrible negative things and your mind subconsciously holds all of that, you cannot expect to be feeling okay at the end of the day. You are going to carry that all, all day. We are way too kind to allowing negativity into our lives. And we need to stand up for our own hearts and our own mental health and say, I don't want that in my life. Whether you unfollow someone on Facebook or Instagram, you hide those posts, you stop watching the news, whatever it is you need to do to remove that negativity from around you, do not... Uh, do not forget that you were just because you read it quickly and you didn't think too much about it doesn't mean you didn't retain that energy and, um, and instead surround yourself with positivity. That means the positive people that are kind, inspirational people, whether if you're on social media and you love social media, that's fine. Follow moms that are inspirational, that are happy, that uplift your spirits. Uh, you get to choose. You wouldn't allow a terrible person to say mean things to your face toxic person around you wouldn't be someone you'd allow in your life yet we allow them on social media so my advice if you're at home and you're scrolling through your social is to limit what you allow yourself to read and instead choose things that lift your spirits and help you get through your days 
made a, a life of difference for me. Yeah. Again, one of the quotes that we started with that I pulled off of your social media, we all have the ability to choose right before we leave. I know that we were probably supposed to end already, but you just talked about the men too. One thing I have loved that you are doing is having men do takeovers and you are building up men on your social media. We got to check in with the men in our lives as well. You, you know, they have that, that tough guy persona, so many of them, and society has molded them a little bit to have to be that tough guy. And so I love how you said, check in with your sisters, but I also know that you are the type of person who is like, okay, the men need a little bit of love right now too. Absolutely. And we've been actually focusing specifically um, on bringing more men and we actually have a 50% male clientele, but they just aren't openly ready to be like, yeah, I go to the spa and get pedicures and that's fine. I don't really care. But the important thing is that they come and that they take care of themselves. And so we've been really reminding guys that like, you guys need this too. And you don't need to be strong all the time. And I get that it's a really difficult time uh, for everybody, for, for men and for women. And you know, just because they may not uh, wear their emotions on their sleeves the same as some of us doesn't mean that they're not struggling too. And to make sure that you take time to, especially for your husbands, we expect so much of our husbands. And I think it's important that we remember to like love them hard back and um, make sure that they know that, you know, we love who they are and all the things that they're doing and, and vice versa, obviously, but we can't forget about the men in our lives either. So I, I have to ask one more question. I know this absolutely. is- I'm in like, no rush, ladies. Good. <laughs> so thankful that you're here. So a couple, like, I think the first time we met and we talked about, I had a stroke and I, you know, lost my ability to communicate. And, and so I think of this every day and I think of, I ask this question every day. So what words would I say if, if, you know, tomorrow I wake up and I couldn't speak again. And so I want to ask you that question. So what words would you say and who would you say them to if, if tomorrow you would never speak again? Okay. So number one, I would say, I love you to the people that I care about, which is actually something when I lost my dad, um, my siblings and I made a pact that no matter what conversation, I don't care if it's like, Hey, don't forget to pick up milk. We always say, I love you before we hang up. And I actually do that with all the people that are closest to me. I say it to my best friends before we hang up the phone. Um, I regularly say, I love you to the people that I care about. I don't take it lightly. It's something that I say, if I, if I love someone, I love them. And I love very, very hard. Um, that is the one thing that I probably, I mean, my kids, I probably say a hundred times a day, every day I say, I love you, but it's just something that's so important to me that people that are around me know how much I care about them, especially my friends who don't get to feel it in person. Like my family does. Uh, there's just certain people in my life that I love so much and they just need to know it. That's number one. Um, number two would be be kind. Um, and that is because I really truly believe everything can be responded to with kindness and the result will always be a thousand times better. It doesn't matter what the situation is. If, if you can say to yourself, what is the kindest way I can handle this? Whether it's like somebody, you know, freaking out on you in the grocery store lineup or a friend being bad to you or a boss or a customer or whatever it is, something that could make you so angry and want to say something that you, you know, might regret. If you ask yourself, what is the kindest way that I can respond to this? Um, the result and the solution, it will always be a thousand times better. Always. There's nothing negative that will ever come from you being kind. Even if the other person doesn't respond to your kindness, you walk away feeling better. You know that you handled it the best way that you could um, instead of justifying, you know, perhaps 
the anger in that moment. Um, I think everybody could be a little kinder. And I feel like the kindness I've been shown in my life has been life-changing. And sometimes you don't recognize the impact that you're having on someone's life and that you might potentially be changing, you know, the trajectory of their life just by that one act of kindness. You really, really, truly never know. And I mean, if you've heard me on stage or you've heard my whole story, there's been acts of kindness in my life that have changed my path completely and never take that for granted. Um, I think being kind is so underrated and, and is such an impactful, such an easy, but impactful thing. Well, you never know what somebody is going through, right? Like, I mean, somebody acts terrible to you. You don't know what they're going through. I will so, be very thank honest. Thank you so much. I'll be, one more thing just before we, so I'll be really honest. Okay. One thing that um, I always notice, and I say this now when I'm on stage, but when I do a speaking engagement, there's like groups of women. The women reach out to me after and tell me things that their friends never know. So I always say, I promise you, people are going through more than you think they are. So if they're not that lovely to you one day, instead of responding meanly, respond with kindness. Maybe they just need you and they're, they're not in their best the best, their best selves right now to respond to you. And, um, you know, just don't assume that there isn't maybe something a little heavier going on and, and just to check on each other, especially now check in with your friends, especially the strong ones. Yeah. Awesome. I really like that. You said, especially the strong ones, because the strong ones, strong ones don't ask for help very often. Right. Thank you so much, Jess. Like this is such an honor for us, especially this is a, a full circle moment. I'm so happy I got to be, uh, I'm so happy it worked out that we got to, I mean, obviously I would have loved to do it in person so I could give you guys giant hugs, but hugs aren't really allowed right now. So this is the, <laughs> this is the next best thing that I just love. I just love you guys so much. I'm so happy that, um, you know, your podcast was the first one I ever did and, uh, I'm pretty loyal to you girls. So love you guys so much. Love what you're doing. So proud of you. So happy to be a part of anything that you're doing. Thank you so much. So right back at you, right back at any time. And next time, I know we said this the first time, next time we're doing this in the spa, we're bringing the whole mics, we're bringing the whole technology pad that makes us look so legit, have bringing it into the spa. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I think we should also let people send in their questions or ask us questions live. Cause I get a lot of that. People like to like be specifically responded to, you know, I'd love to be able to like reach out and connect with real people. Yes. Especially right, since we, can't, cast we can't do that. <laughs> That's right. Add it to our list. Add it to the goal list. Yeah. Well, thank you again so much, Jess, for joining us. So in 2020, we met with so many inspiring people who have taken impossible odds and challenging times and really turned them into fuel to fire their lives. Give our cast a listen. We cover topics of addiction, self-harm, eating disorders, organ donation, abduction, varying disabilities, physical and sexual abuse, autoimmune diseases, death, stroke. All of those topics are not off the table. And our guests really did help us to bear it all with one goal in mind, to help others going through the same thing. So we will be back in 2021 with a new series of stories to educate and empower you. For now, thank you again, Jess, for joining us. And please get out and shop local. And remember, Leary, and just for you, have amazing Black Friday sales that continue into the weekend. 
So take care of yourself and always reach out if you or someone you know has a story that we need to tell. Take the time if you need it and feel the feelings of 2020. Let's take Jess's advice and go big on those goals and dreams. Get them on a post-it note in a journal, get some notifications in those phones, but also remember to be gentle with yourself and let's be kind to one another. Say the I love you's just like Jess said. Let's use that advice that Kristen says, but what would you say today if you couldn't speak tomorrow? So Merry Christmas, everyone. And with that, can't wait to come back in 2021.